Hi, I'm Pastor Daniel, and welcome to Edge Church Podcast. To get connected, visit our website, edgechurch.co.za, or send us a WhatsApp on 076-032-3664. Say hi, and we will connect with you. Our full services can be found on our YouTube channel, but enjoy listening to the sermon. With you again, and that slide that you saw in Edge News that said technical arts, um, that's not Sue and Ant, just so to be reminded that piece. But I am excited for, for next week because we're taking that opportunity, and you heard uh, Sue is a clinical, um, let me get this right, a, cl- a clinical pastoral therapist who specializes in couple therapy. And so they're gonna be joining us. They have been married for 40 years. This year, they've been married for 40 years. And so they got a lot of insight. And you know, we always wanna ask a question for someone else. Asking for the friend. Here's your opportunity. You have a question that you wanna ask. You wanna know why your husband can't put the toilet seat down. Please message this number, or you can email us, or just even put it in the chat if you're brave enough. Um, and we would love to be able to take that opportunity because we're gonna have a good time chatting and unpacking all things relationships. But this morning, as we, as we continue with our, relation, our relationship series, Uncomplicated, I, I've been praying a lot into today's message um, as it is, it's a complicated one to share about because the reality is for all of us, relationships impact us all. Every single one of us, we're impacted by relationships. It's not just married people and those that are dating because all of us are in some form of relationship, whether it is with your in-laws, which could just be enough complicated itself, or it's with friends, or it's with um, the work people that you, we're all in relationships because we were created in our relational worlds. And you see, every one of those have the tendency and can be complicated. Amen. You, you know what I'm talking about? You can agree with me. You can put it in the chat and say, amen. But, but do they have to be? Do all relationships have to be complicated? And this is the heart behind the series. This is the very heart behind the series because God's Word has so much to say about relationships. He addresses this thing. And the reality is so often we have made relationships complicated. We have done that because we have gone off course, the prescribed formula, the way that God originally intended it. And so we have created our own way. And yet God says He wants to give you life-giving God honoring relationships. He doesn't want them to all be complicated with that status. It's complicated. And remember this word, in order for relationships to work, let the one who designed them, let him define them. In order for relationships to work, let him, the one who designed it, define it. We need to allow God to show us how to live out this relationship. And that was the anchor verse. And I love that we brought it into worship this morning. Matthew 6.33, it says, Seek the kingdom of God above all else. Seek God with your relationship. Seek Him. And what does it say? He will give you everything you need with your relationships. Seek God. Seek His formula. That's the heart behind the series. That's what every week I'm going to start with this anchor verse. 
every week, I'm gonna go back to this. Can I tell you why? Because this is my foundation point. This is the paradigm that I'm sharing from. You see, I'm not a, I'm not a psychologist. I don't have the vast enough even experience to be going do this, do that when it comes to relationships. But what I do have is the Word of God. And so this is my foundation that I go back to we say we seek Him because Psalm 127 verse 1 says that unless the Lord builds a house, unless He builds a house, it's builders labour in vain. You know what that means? Unless God, the one who created relationships, is the one defining it, unless He's involved in it, this thing of relationships, what we're building on, we're building in vain. And that is the heartbeat that we go back to what God's Word says when it comes to to relationships. But I, I, need, I need your help here and I need some interaction. We've got some that are in the auditorium, but then for those online, I, I originally thought when I was thinking about this, I was like, it would be a lot easier to be doing this with like a full congregation. I can't even remember what that looks like, but if we had that opportunity, but then I thought actually online, this would work better in the chat section. So open up your chat, whether you're online, uh, church online platform or you're on YouTube. If you don't know where that is, um, then just pretend like you do or ask someone to help you. But I wanna know by putting up a thumbs up, an emoji in the chat, or if you, if you don't know where that is, even just write this thing. If you are married, I want you to indicate. You can lift your hands up here if you're married. Okay. Then those who are not married, I want you to put the, you know, those little praise hands. Put that up in the chat. I didn't know when I just thought of it now. I probably should have chosen a different emoji. Just, we want to know who's unmarried, even in here. Okay. Certainly your options are not much in here. But <laughs> take a look at the chat. Take a look at the chat. See who's married, see who's unmarried. You know, that one of the very visions of our church is if we do life together, we're helping you to see who's still single within our church. But this morning's focus is talking about marriages. That's a focus. We talk about relationships and we're gonna unpack all kinds of relationships, but today's focus really is about marriages. And my prayer for us this morning, now why I said that this one is a, a bit of a complicated one, because my, the, the very title of my message is Hope for Hurting Marriages. You see, because I'm believing and trusting that as we unpack and, and go through the series, but also today, that where you find yourself in your relationship and your marriage, that if you are in a place where you're struggling and, and it just, it's hurting, it doesn't feel like there's much hope, that today God will meet you where you are. That there will be a sense of hope and that maybe you're going, my marriage is doing really well. That this will be another thing that builds into your relationship. Even those who are not married yet, that this will be fundamental. These will be seeds that will be planted for when the day would come that you would have this strong foundation. But my prayer for us today is that God would meet you right where you are. Because when it comes to marriages, we know that this one can be complicated. I think out of all the relationships, marriages, it's one of the most trickiest, the hardest one that it comes to in terms of the relational world. And, and stats tell us that. We can see it's evident. They, the, the stats say to us that 50% of marriages won't work out. 50%. That's one in two. It won't work out. And, and I was thinking about that. I was like, we, we've heard these stats, but it, 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 it's insane, actually. Because can you imagine you got onto a plane 
And the captain said to you, welcome to your flight today. The weather looks beautiful. The air assess will be attending you. There is a 50% chance that we're gonna crash, but enjoy your flight. You, you, would, you would think twice. You would be like, hold on, what is happening? Why? Tell me the reasonings. What do I need to do to make sure I'm on the other 50% that we will survive this? There would be some questioning that would take place into that. But yet when it's come to this thing about marriage, do we necessarily ask and put the hard work into our relationship? You see, that's my prayer, whether you've been married one year, 40 years, that today you would hear God's Word, God's truth, what He speaks into this aspect of relationship. And that my prayer, there would be restoration, that there would be hope, that there would be peace, and that there would be a union that takes place with each other. And so before we go any further, I wanna pray for us. See, invite the Holy Spirit to where you are right now, where you find yourself, so that our hearts be receptive to what He says and that He would give you that peace. So let's just pray together. Father, this morning, I thank you for this opportunity that we get to be together. And I pray now, Holy Spirit, that you would bring healing and that you would bring hope for those that are in marriages that are struggling, for those that are in difficult places, but also for marriages that are flourishing. God, I pray that you would speak to them right now. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. I want to take us back to that quote. In order for relationships. Now let's take it out. In order for marriages to work, let the one who designed them, let him define it. And that's where I wanna start this morning. If we look at that and we look at what God's word says, because his word defines marriages. His word speaks into this thing, but a lot of us are actually not aware of that because God actually speaks and He uses a word that is not really in our vocab that much anymore, but it's a word that's so important that we need to understand this, this principle what God speaks about, and it's the word covenant. You see, this is a word that is spoken about in Scripture, the word covenant, and that's what I wanna talk about today, a covenant commitment. In, in, a, in a place where relationships and marriages are so complicated, when we see what the stats say, that today you would hear the word and what God talks about, a covenant relationship. And, and like I said, it's, it's something that we don't speak about a lot. It's this word covenant we don't talk about, but we should. Because I want to explain to you this word and we will see it in scripture because covenants are one of the most important themes Hear me, one of the most important themes that are in the Bible, that the, 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 the skeleton upon which the redemptive story is based upon. It's the backbone. It's the backbone of the Bible. From Genesis on, God would have and He would continue to have this relationship that He would form a covenant that He would do a commitment with various humans in order to rescue His world. That was the covenant. So it's pretty important that we unpack this. You see, a covenant is a relationship or a partnership which two parties make binding promises to each other and work together to reach a common goal. That's what a covenant is defined upon. And this is often accompanied by when you do oaths and ceremonies and where we get our ceremonies when we have weddings. Covenants are often defined by these things, but listen to me, they differ to a contract. 
You see, because a covenant is, is relational and it's personal. You just let's take marriage because that's the topic for today. This covenant in a husband and a wife, they come together and they choose to focus on each other and to build into each other's lives and they bind themselves to each other in a promise to a lifelong commitment and there's common goals to build a family, to, to be united together. In, even in our raising of, of children and careers, there's a promise that they do together, a covenant that takes place. And the Bible describes the marriage covenant. It uses the very words how God sets out to repair partnerships that have been broken. And he talks about this marriage covenant. We see this in the, in the Old Testament in Malachi 2, the very last book of the Old Testament. You turn the page, you would be already in the New Testament. And listen to what Malachi 2, verse 13 to 16 says. You flood the Lord's altar with tears. Uh, and even just when you read that, these are people that are you flood the Lord's altar with tears. The Lord's altar, they, they're in church. They, they're not pagans, godly people. You weep and you wail because he no longer looks with favor on your offerings or accepts them with pleasure from your hands. And you ask why. It is because the Lord is the witness between you and the wife of your youth. Meaning God is looking down and seeing how you are defining relationships, how you are complicating it. And look what it says. You have been unfaithful to her. And though she is your partner, the wife of your marriage covenant. And there's the word. There's the very word. And this is what we're speaking about today, about marriage covenant that takes place. And I believe this is where God is wanting to bring hope to marriages that are hurting. And can I tell you, there might be many reasons as to why maybe your relationship is struggling at the moment. I, I can't go through a list, but all the reasons can differ. But can I tell you what I wanna share today is a principle that applies to all of us regardless of the circumstance. And because this is godly principles, like we spoke about the Bible, it doesn't give us every details, but it gives us principles to follow our life. This is principles that we see in scripture that it's applicable to all of us. You see, because last week I spoke into this very thing about myths and lies that we bought into when it's come to relationship. And we did a whole myth buster move where we exposed the lies and we looked to what God's word and truth says about this very thing. And this morning, I wanna take an opportunity to look at three truths, three distinctives that God speaks about a covenant marriage versus what the world often views marriage and the world views marriage as often as a contract. And there's a big difference between a covenant marriage versus a contract marriage. And we're gonna unpack these and go through them because the first thing that you see when you see a covenant marriage, and point number one, covenant marriage is based on mutual commitment. You see, a covenant marriage is based on mutual commitment of, and that means that I am committed to you. You know, that commitment means that even I will be willing to be unhappy until we sort it out. I'm not just gonna bail because there is a mutual commitment to each other. Till we work these things out, I'm still committed to you. Because we learned that happily ever after myth, it is a lie from the enemy. 
There'll be things that you disagree about. There will be things that you will look at each other and you'll go, I can't stand you. You know, bodies change, time changes, children come into a relationship and it changes your marriage. All these things change, but a mutual commitment is that I am committed to Leandri all the way through to the good and the bad times. You see, a covenant marriage is about a mutual, a mutual commitment that we have to each other. But the world often views marriage as a contract and sees that that contract is based on mutual distrust. You ever read a contract before? Do you ever read in a contract how they talk about if you're faithful to these terms, what that means? Never. It always talks about if you breach this, this is what's gonna happen. If you don't do this, these are the things. This is what's gonna happen. Can I tell you why? Because the party that you're in the contract with is always trying to ensure that they are protected because of the view of you are going to break this. There is a mutual distrust between each other. So contracts put in place. And so often when we sign our wedding document, and yes, that piece of paper is an official contract that goes to the high courts of South Africa. But when we sign it, we cannot view it as that piece of paper is the contract and how we base our relationship. Because if it's on that basis, that's what happens. You know, they state there, if you don't pay your house, what will happen? We'll take it away. If you don't pay your cell phone contract, what will happen? We will cut your bill. It's not talking about when you do this, we're so thankful for that and that. It doesn't have that in contracts. Why? because it's a contract and contract is based on mutual distrust. I don't trust you, you don't trust me. And now you're like, no, I didn't go into my marriage thinking that, none of us do. If you do, well, we need to have another conversation. We don't go into that, but life happens and things happen and then we start developing this mindset. I'm gonna make sure that I'm okay in this. I need to protect myself and this is why this contract is there. And unfortunately, that's what we see in so many relationships and marriages that have taken place. And this is why when we say those vows and say till death do us part, can I tell you there's only one term and condition when it comes to your marriage? Till death do us part. That, that's what scripture says. This is not me trying to, to add things. This is what the word of God says, that I'm not leaving you until death happens. Now, some of you are thinking I can make that happen very quickly. That's not the purpose here. Don't read between the lines what I'm saying. I'm gonna be faithful to you. I mean, it can be committed to you when the fuzzy feelings are all gone, when that little thing that was cute that they used to do now just irritates the living days out of you. When that is all gone, the covenant marriage is how I'm still committed to you. It's not in a contract when it says, I'm committed to you or I'm committed to this relationship when there's mutual benefits. So as long as you live up to the agreed term of this contract and it's beneficial to me, then we have a deal. Remember when I said that this is, this is a complicated topic because I'm aware of the dynamics that come with this. But we believe in the covenant marriage of the mutual commitment to each other. See, the second thing that you see with a covenant marriage is that covenant marriage surrenders rights and assumes responsibilities. See, a covenant marriage says, I don't go into my marriage with this thing of saying, I want you to serve me. It's a covenant says, I'm giving my life to Leandri to serve her. 
A covenant marriage says that, that I surrender rights that I've maybe thought and I assume the responsibility as what God defines in marriage as, as the man to my wife. It's saying that I will seek the best for her. I will seek the best interest for us and our relationship. And I will serve my partner regardless of what I can get out of it. This is not a contract. It's a covenant that we have with each other. And we see how Jesus modeled this very thing. Seek first the kingdom. We see how Jesus had this relationship with his father in heaven. You see, when Jesus went to the cross, and we were reading in Matthew 26, when he was in the garden, it says he told them, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. This was what's happening. And it says he went a little further. And I want you to take note of that sentence. He went a little further and he bowed with his face to the ground and he prayed, my father, if it is possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from him. Yet I want your will be to be done, not mine. That line, he went a little further. You know what that's saying? That he pushed in. Because can I tell you, a contract, it doesn't go a little further. Trust me, you've ever been in a situation, your box is your guarantee. If you lose your box, you don't have any chance. If you don't have that slip, you cannot get that return besides for wars. You literally, you're bind. There's no little further that they're gonna go within the contract. If it's not in there, it's done. But yet Jesus says, and he went a little further, he pushed he pushed, why? Because he was in a covenant. And this is when he says in John 6, 38, for I've come down from heaven to do the will that God sent me, not my own will. See, a covenant marriage says that I, that I, that I, I surrender these, these rights. And we see it even in Luke 22, when we speak about the covenant that happened with the blood. Luke 22, it says, this is when Jesus is saying to them that when they were breaking bread at the last supper, he says, this cup, take note, is the new covenant in my blood, which has been poured out for you. You see, Jesus was the covenant keeper. He was the covenant keeper. Why we can be in this place. And Jesus' desire, like he had a covenant with his father, that we would have a covenant with each other in marriage. So we see... A covenant marriage surrenders rights and assumes responsibilities. But a contract marriage, it protects rights and it shirks responsibility onto other people. I need to make sure that, that I am protected, that I am covered in this deal, in this contract. In other words, it's saying the words like, well, you don't make me happy anymore. You know, you just don't do it for me. Responded like that just because of you. I reacted and I did that because you made me do this. I'm the first one that I've said words like that. I'm not gonna try anymore. This is not my responsibility. It's your problem. It's your irrational thoughts. It's all you. And I shirk responsibility in this relationship. I'm bored with my partner. I need something else. I need to move on. You see, a contract will shift responsibilities and ownership always onto someone 
else. And I'm sure you have experienced that when it's come to contract. Hello. We are in the thick of it, experiencing it right now with a contract about a car problem. Oh my word. You think that you are covered, but can I tell you, every single time you try and do this and they just go, no, no, no. And they just shirk responsibility. It's not us. Go to the dealership. It's not us. Go to this place. They just shirk responsibilities because that a contract is about, I need to protect myself. And in so often in marriages, we view our marriage like that. I need to protect me, myself. I need to see how this works out for me. And you know what we go, I'm stepping aside. I'm just tired of taking responsibility. I get it. But we can't. When we have the covenant mindset of marriage, there we go. You know what? I'm still responsible in this situation because we made that vow from this day forward. We made a promise to each other. It's not just about me. See, covenant marriages, the next one, has the interest of the other in mind. You see, a covenant marriage is is always thinking about the other person, about putting them in a place. I, I heard this saying that the greatest relationship in the world are when two servants are in love and they serve each other. The most destructive one is when there are two masters that are in love. And I love how Paul describes this covenant marriage in Scripture. And he uses Jesus as his reference into this type of covenant. And he uses an example, Ephesians 5. It says, husbands, go all out in your love for your wives. The Word of God. Go all out in your love for your wives exactly as Christ did for the church. A love marked by giving and not getting. A love that's marked by giving and not getting. That is the mindset that we are to place when we look at our covenant relationship. In Philippians 2, Paul says that in your relationship with one another, in your relationship with your spouse, your partner, have the same mindset as Jesus Christ. That's what we are called to have. Covenant marriage has the same mindset and the interest of what God has in us that we are to have with our partner in mind. A love that is marked by giving and not getting anything in return. You see, that's a covenant, but when we see what a, what a contract states, a contract marriage is all about the personal convenience in mind. So it shifts from the interest of the other person to, to what's convenient for me. I want to see what I can get out of this, what, how this works for me in my relationship. And these are my rights. This is what I get to hold on to. Think about what a contract is. When you sign a lease, it's so that you can get a house. When a salesperson signs that deal, it's so that he can get his commission on that contract. What can I get out of it? Contract marriages, what's in it for me? Can I tell you? Marriage is so often based on challenging situations and we get that. There are times where I'm just gonna say that your relationship and marriage can really suck. Just let's just be honest. And there can be times that it can last for longer than just that one fight. But when it comes about what's convenient for me, I'm not going to be the first one to say sorry. Listen, yeah, this is, oof, I can give a thesis on this one. What's convenient to me? I need to put my pride away in this situation. 
Actually realizing that I haven't been a good husband, but can I even admit that? Because is it convenient for me to look like this? A covenant has in the interest of other people. You see, we unpack three distinctive three truths. And why I believe that why so many marriages are struggling, so many relationships are in this place, and I'm gonna ask the team to come up, that are hurting, that are complicated, because we viewed our marriage as a contract instead of a covenant. And I, you might be thinking as you listen to this, you go, Daniel, there is no ways, the sounds good and everything, the theory of what you said about contract versus covenant, I hear what you're saying, but it's not doable. Listen to me, you are 100% accurate. It is not doable if you try and do it by yourself. It is not doable because your personal, your side, your flesh side will tell you. And that's why we need Jesus. And this is the challenge to us. This is the, the very thing I've been praying and saying, God, please, don't, we need breakthrough in this area. Because there's two principles that I wanna end with that we can hold on to, practically put it into play when it comes into the whole thing about covenant versus contract. You see, if we can apply these two, I believe that God will meet us where we are in our state of our relationship. And the challenge that I wanna put out to us this morning is that are we willing to renew our commitment to our marriages? Are we willing to, to come to that place and say, I admit that it's been about a contract and not a covenant? You see, and I, and, I, and I need to say this, that if you have had a marriage that hasn't worked out and it's failed, please hear me. This is not about condemnation on you. Please, 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 please hear the heart. I do not for once, and I know that Jesus never would condemn people. I'm not asking you to even go unscrambled eggs right now. What I'm asking for all of us is that from this day forward, we will be committed to a covenant marriage. That if our view has been contractual, that we will change to God's truth. The two thoughts that I want you to hold on to as a couple. Write it down, put it in your journal. Say, God, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hold these two truths as I go into this week. I need help with my relationship. And can I tell you, this is something that we have to practice daily. It's number one. Love is not a feeling, it's a choice. You see, if it comes to this whole thing about covenant and contract, Love is not a feeling, it's a choice. Because so often what we see is that we see so many justify their relationships, their world, their marriages based on how they feel. Can I tell you, if, if, I, did, if I did what I based on what I was feeling, I don't actually even think I'd be a pastor. It, it's not got to do just about feelings, it's got to do about choice when it comes here. Instead of following just a feeling, it's about making a choice because, because love is not just a feeling, it's a choice we need to make. And I unpacked this last week, but I really felt that there was, there was more that needed to be pushed into this one. Because this is what puts into play the covenant versus contract scenario. You see, love is not giving my partner what they deserve. 
It's given them what they need. And we were called to love. So when you feel like, I just don't have it in me, I just wanna shut down, I wanna do the cold shoulder, I don't wanna have this conversation, I wanna avoid it, I wanna lie, I wanna run away. It's about digging deep into making a choice instead of just basing it on your feelings. Because Colossians 3 verse 14, it says, in all of these virtues, put on love. The verse doesn't say, in all of these virtues, love. It says, Put on love. I had to put on a shirt this morning. We are called to put on love when it comes to our relationships. It's not just a feeling, it's a choice that we have to put on ourselves. Which binds them all together in perfect unity. It binds them together. In other words, it makes it doable. Why people may think this is impossible. Listen, the standards are too high when it comes to this, what you're talking about. And, and relationships will just always be complicated. I get that. But that's why I'm asking you to make a choice first. To make a choice. You make a choice. Can I tell you, when you make a good choice, the feelings will follow. You make a good choice, the feelings will follow. Love is not a feeling. It's a choice. Second one that you hold on to, a principle that you take into your everyday, a truth that you remember is that the capacity to love comes from receiving love. You're struggling to love in your marriage right now. You, you honestly, the things that you are struggling with, I wanna read what God's word says in 1 John 4, 19. We love each other because he loved us first. And God has asked us to love him again, but I tell you, he is so madly in love with you. God is so madly in love with you. And this truth, this fundamental, this understanding, and this very thing that we, that we even, when we rain Rachel praise, we say, say thank you, Jesus, for loving you. Because if we can understand this principle that God loves me, it doesn't only change my spiritual life, it changes your relational world as well. This very aspect of my capacity to love comes from receiving love. And I, when I was working this, I was just starting to think about the life of Jesus and what He did when He went to the cross. And I was thinking about how Scripture says that they spat in His face. And I thought to myself, there's one thing to be hated, but it's another thing for someone to spit in your face. And can I tell you, as that spit was flying, He was forgiving them for what they were doing. As He laid there, as He saw those nails going into His hands, He was saying, forgive them, Father, for what they are doing. And how could He do that? Because He knew of the love that He had from His Father and it grew His capacity to love others. And I was so overwhelmed on Tuesday thinking about my life and thinking the times that I mess up over and over again and what I displease God with, that even in that moment, He says, Dan, I still love you. I still accept you. Listen, He's sitting on your stoop and He's waiting for you. That's where Jesus' position saying, will you come home because I love you. See, if we can understand that truth, it doesn't only affect our spiritual well-being and our spiritual truth. He expects our relational world to be able to love others. And right now, I wanna pray for us. Uh, but I actually want to read a prayer over us, a verse that Paul says in Ephesians that I want you to receive this morning. 
as I know that there's been sensitive things and, and it's challenging, we'll all find ourselves, we can all admit to something that we've done in this. But I want you to receive this prayer as I read scripture over you this morning. Ephesians 3 and it says, Now I pray that Christ will be more and more at home in your heart, living within you as what? As you trust Him. May your roots go deep into the soil of God's marvelous love and may be able to feel, may you understand how long, how wide, how high His love really is. Will you experience this love for yourself? May you trust Him. Look at these words. May you understand and may you experience the love that God has for you. And this morning, what I want to do, and I want to invite Leandri onto stage as well, is I want to pray for every single married couple. And I want to encourage you that if you're with your partner, that you just hold hands together. And maybe in this moment you're thinking, oh my word, I don't want to do that even. You know those words said, will you trust, will you trust God right now? Make a good choice and the feelings will follow. Because can I tell you that the, the, the enemy delights in destroying marriages. He knows if he can destroy a marriage, he can disrupt a family unit, he can disrupt a community. And so we need to pray. And we need God to help us. And so we wanna take this opportunity to pray for every single one of you. Come on, let's pray together. God, we lift up all marriages to you right now, God. And as partners stand next to each other, God, I pray that you would be with them. Yes, Jesus. That God, you would give them clarity of mind. That Jesus, those difficult conversations that they need to have, you'd give them the bravery and courage to have, God, because it's in relationships we communicate. And God, we ask that you would be the center of their relationship, God. Yes, Jesus. For those of us that have veered off path and have forgotten to, to lift our gaze to You first and foremost. God, I do pray that in marriages, partners alike together and apart would raise their gaze to You, God, and ask for guidance, would ask for strength, would ask for wisdom to deal and manage with the situations at hand. That they wouldn't shy away from the truth or shy away from the difficult conversations that need to be had, but God, that You would draw them closer together. Yes, Father. And where there's hurt, God, I thank You that You are the healer of all. That You strengthen, that You would bind, You would draw near to each and every person. Would You restore relationships now in Your Name? We thank You that You can do the impossible. We thank You that You can bring together what was once broken. We declare Your goodness, Your grace, Your mercy over every relationship, every marriage. God, we ask that You would restore. Heal, we pray. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your goodness. And Thank Father, you we grace. pray right now that we would bind the enemy that's trying to destroy marriages. Yeah. Thoughts that have been, seeds that have been planted, lies and myths and why it's called the father of lies. We, we come back to your truth. And as your people, as we read that verse, may your love grow deep within our hearts. Yeah. Love for each other. 
May we feel, may we understand, may we trust, and we may experience your love. And for every couple right now, I pray that they would experience that love, Holy Spirit. And then this morning, I wanna pray for those who haven't taken the next step in their relationship with Jesus. And we've been speaking about relationships. And can I tell you, the most important, the most important relation that you can ever have is the relationship with Jesus. And when I spoke about those things about when He went to the cross, it was so that you and I can be in relationship with Him so that we can live a life, that we can be forgiven. And He desires to have that with you. And all you have to do is to come to Jesus. And you're saying, I've never made that commitment. Well, you know what? My relationship with Jesus is hurting. It's struggling. You can come back to Jesus today. So where you are right now, He's waiting for you. He's waiting for you to come home. There's no condemnation for those that are in Jesus Christ. So right now, I want you to say this prayer. If you wanna return back to Jesus, give your heart to Him. Dear Jesus, today I acknowledge that I need you. I acknowledge that I have not been living the way that I know that you've called me to live. I once followed you, but I've got lost. Well, God, I realize today I've never made that decision. Today, I believe and I know that you went to the cross and on the third day that you rose so that I could have life. And so today I now confess, I confess that I need you and say these words, make them personal. Just say where you are, Jesus, I give my life to you. I give my life to you. And right now you are welcome into the family of God and we celebrate. So come on, let's give God praise for those who made a decision. We are celebrating with you. And I wanna encourage you, if you made that decision, our pastoral team, we would love to be able to connect with you. So please do message us, put it in the chat, indicate if you're on church online and so that we can pray with you today.